Welcome to Being Brown. I'm Hina, and this episode, Garan talks with Rahul Wadwa, who is an Amritsar-born American who moved to the States when he was seven. Rahul and Garan talk about the current events surrounding the world. In the last couple of weeks, we've seen the civil uprising of sorts following the unlawful and unnecessary killing of another black life, George Floyd. Karan and Rahul discuss the current state of America and Rahul's experiences growing up in the country. Here is the insightful conversation the two had. Welcome back to Being Brown. My name is Karan. This episode, I've got a guest with me here today. His name is Rahul uh, Wadwa. He is from... Where are you from? Tell us about yourself, because you've got an, a couple of different backgrounds here. But I don't want to. I don't want to say you're from one place when you def, like you define yourself from another place. So uh, why do you introduce yourselves and uh, and, I, and I'll explain to the audience why you're on this episode today. Yeah. Um, so yeah, as Karen said, my name is Rahul Wadwa. I am um, Karen's brother-in-law. I can say that, right? (laughs) Family's definitely allowed. Um, But yeah, I'm I'm born, I was born in Amritsar, um, India, Punjab, and I was seven when I moved to Southern California. So I like to say, you know, yes, I'm from America. I consider my home California, and currently I'm living in Dallas, Texas. Um, But so, yeah, from from California, uh, from India originally, but I would consider my home California. Interesting. Texas of all places... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you know it's just one of those things where where like thoughts catch momentum and then you keep going right. and all of a sudden you're like why are these things why why am i you know i lived in texas in 2009 um yeah. that's when i actually met your sister uh, sure. I, met, I met her online and and then i moved back because i didn't like it um mm. and i moved back and and then when we came to visit my sister here who's, who's lived here for 10 mm. plus years um you know making that transition now from our, our home in, in California to a new home potentially in, in Texas and seeing the difference in homes and uh, the idea of being around closer to family here. Um, I have a sister in California too, but um, yeah, it just, it just kind of got momentum and we kept going with it. And, and it was nice. I have no regrets about it because in the, in the two years that we've been here, I've been able to work from home because initially right. I was able to keep my job. Um, yeah. out of California and so that has brought me even closer if it's possible um, <laughs> to Kimmy which is great um, yeah. and and having seen Sina um, you know go from one and a half to she's four years old um, just turned four um, you know she thinks that's normal she doesn't yeah. know anything else she does not yeah. know that there's dads that and moms that leave the house and yeah. go yeah. to work and come back to her mom and dad are home <laughs> and they do everything they need to do at home. And right, right. I, I hope, I hope I can keep that up. Right. I think that's the, that's such a huge, um, use the word privilege here to be able to just, um, see your kid grow up. And I guess so, so many of society don't have that, that opportunity to see that because they're spending like 90% of their lives at work. So yeah, no, that, that's, um, that's an awesome, awesome thing that you can do. Um, let me talk a little bit why, about why we're doing this because um, I've I've wanted to record uh, and Hina wanted to record a bunch of episodes with so many people we have lined up kind of through our Instagram um, and we'll we'll have some amazing guests come on soon but the reason I wanted to do one with you is because even though we've known each other for crap how long have we known each other. 2009, 2010. Right. 
so yeah, roughly, roughly, roughly ten years. Uh, knowing someone from across the other side of the world is is very different to being in the same place, right? And so, and so, I think n- number one is I feel like there's a lot that I can learn from you from an experienced perspective when it comes to the subject matter we're going to be talking about today. But also, I feel like we've never really spoken about this stuff properly because you you'll know that it's only it's it's, t- it's t- probably taken me most of my life to understand who i am from a cultural perspective what the color of my skin actually is and that's so it's taken me i want to say maybe about 20 i want to say 27 years to figure out that i was actually a brown person <laughs> and you know in that time obviously we met each other we knew each other but we never really spoke about stuff like that because i i didn't i didn't have time for it i didn't want to talk about stuff like that and so now um when everything happened with george floyd and the protests and, and everything else that's gone on in the last couple of weeks um obviously I know you've had these these um, uh, these views and 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 feelings towards everything that happens in America, and I think this was the perfect opportunity for us to finally talk about something like this and and um, document it, I guess. Um, and so, yeah, I, I feel like you've got a lot to say and you've got uh, a lot to get off your chest, and um, oftentimes that that comes out in the. <laughs> in the wrong venue so not wrong venue but just a venue where it's um may not be oh goodness may not be uh heard 100 percent um, yeah that's i think so, that for so, me that's been a go ahead sorry i'll let you finish no 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 go on, go, on, go on. yeah i think that's that's always been a that's part of me that's been growing up i think learning to understand i think I, i'm so emotional at 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 the at, at news of it and then when when i find because to me, it's so clear right versus wrong. And I know to a lot of people, it's so clear right versus wrong. And then when, right. you, when, when you have people who can make excuses and arguments for something that is clearly wrong and make it almost, um, almost debatable, um, yeah. it just tells you how far the people are willing to reach to, to kind of stand with their opinion. Sure. And that's fine. Everybody should have an opinion. But at the same time, I, I do feel like in some cases, there's a clear right or wrong. And I've grown to um, not just... Be, just be careful with how how mm. I kind of uh, speak about things instead of just um, you know get, letting my emotions get the best of me. Right, and I think now more than ever, and I've you know made a point of this in myself, and I made a note of this so I, in my journal, and I, I wrote now that we. I'm going to use the term we loosely because I'm we meaning everyone who has the same mindset, who has access to social media, who has been talking about this stuff. We who as a society who have been chucking all this stuff on social media about Black Lives Matter and posting all these black squares and, you know, sharing all this stuff. We've now opened the floodgates to what we are capable of and we shouldn't just stop just because you know, it was trending on Twitter or is the thing to talk about. We now have a responsibility to continue to talk about this for as long as we can to the end of time if if we need to, because there's no reason we should stop. Um, and I, you've, I'm, I'm sure anybody listening to this podcast, anybody who cares about the subject matter of this podcast, you've seen stuff on social media that has made you feel an emotion, that has made you 
think about what you're doing in terms of are you talking about stuff are you do you care enough to want to discuss this conversation do you know what I mean i think the biggest the, the the first place this this thing we can make change or we can make progress is by talking about it and that's one of the biggest things that me and one of my other friends we we we'd like to do is the first place to change is is within ourselves and having these conversations so we can learn things from each other um because ignoring it is is again the first step to where we were three weeks ago um so i guess segue into where we are in this day and age this very day we are on the 7th of june 2020 now and in the last week and a bit we've seen the world progress uh in more ways than one because of um obviously the unfortunate demise of one george floyd uh another wrongful uh killing at the hands of um police officers i'm not going to go into the details of this i'm sure anybody listening to this podcast right now already knows specifics of what happened so why don't we talk about uh rahul why don't we talk about you i guess and um not you or your as in you specifically but i wanted to I, you know, let's talk about your views on this because you've lived in america for most of your life like i'd say 95% of your life you've lived in america so why do you talk to us a little bit about how it's been growing up in america amongst all these things that you've seen uh and have experienced um over the years i guess let's let's, let's start there yeah um and and not to make light but yeah you referenced june 7th or or we can call it the fifth level of jumanji and we don't know <laughs> we don't know what's coming next next month right, right. um but yeah so I, i think i mentioned that i moved here when i was seven i think um i don't have to go back that far back to yeah. to kind of uh, explain the story of me growing up in america but i remember when i was 17 um 18 years old I was I was going to I think I just graduated high school I started college I was working as a security guard the world's skinniest security guard um in a in a uh, government hospital um that my sisters used to work at and so I remember a coworker he was an older gentleman I don't remember his name I don't remember what he looks like for some reason I can remember him saying to me as I was sitting at my post uh you know it was it was a late night shift and he was there and he said Um and I think he was having a conversation with somebody else and right. I was just sitting there and then he said to me after that conversation he said you know there's two americas there's the america that everybody sees and the america that you will see because you're young mm-hmm. um and then there's the america behind the curtain and mm-hmm. once you look behind the curtain it's hard to not look um you know to kind of go back to the to to what your perception was of america <laughs> and um you know it's going back to ignorance is bliss and so right, right. for most of my life growing up ignorance was bliss i was mm. not into politics i did not um read about think about uh worry about social injustice um did not even consider what me being brown might have um as an impact on on me growing up in because it it wasn't it was it, it was i didn't know any of it um right. it was foreign to me mm. um and so that was that's interesting to me that now every time i think about everything that's going on I've really gotten myself involved in the last 7-8 years in terms of reading about the history of the country, reading about mm. the politics and and how everything works and and it's 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 like probably the worst thing I've done for my mental health. Mm. But you know, knowledge is power and it's the best thing I've done for just knowing right. more. 
Um, right. But yeah, I mean, uh, I can I can talk I can talk about details in terms of growing up and and, and situations I've also gone across. But you know, I'll, I'll let you kind of leave that. When did you realize that? Everything, I'm going to say everything is going to sound like a conspiracy theorist podcast, but things were a lie. Do you know what I mean? Like not everything was a lie, but yeah. the things that, you know, had been painted to be this wonderful country. And, you know, we talked about as before we started recording the land of the free and home of the brave. When did you start realizing that it actually wasn't any of those things? Yeah, no, it's a hundred percent accurate because that's the thing that people don't, if you're not living here, you don't necessarily know that, um, you know what you're sold. And then when you're when you're told, you know, freedom and, and that's to say that we don't have that stuff because we still have the ability to criticize whoever we want. Um, right. And which is which is really something to say, because there's there's countries where you could definitely not do that. Um, but, yeah, you're right. There is there's definitely a picture that's painted than what is actual what the actual reality is. And I don't think it's any one moment where you realize that it, it does take time. It does take your own research. It does take. Um, not listening to these sources that are around you that are going mm. to feed you into that that dream as well. You right. have to do your own research. Um, mm. And so it never is just one moment. I think over time, just every, whether it's a political event or some sort of injustice or something, and you just start reading about it and you take in the history of it, you start learning more and more about, about why we are the way we are. Um, mm. You know, and, and, and in particular to this, like it's just... Um, when we talk about racism, it's not it's not as simple as as oh well the police it's just the police brutality and that needs to be fixed. Like yeah. we we know that these protests are are one they're not just about George Floyd. Um, right, right. They're about all the other people, right? The last right. all the ones that are on video and the hundreds of thousands that never got on video. Right. Yeah. Um, but even then, it's not just police brutality. The, mm. These protests, what I like, what I like about these protests is that reading the signs and even just people's views, interviews, it's not just about the police brutality. People are actually calling out systemic mm. racism. They're actually mm. acknowledging from all races um, that there doesn't exist. There, there does exist a, a separate opportunity for certain groups of people, minorities, mm. blacks in particular, than it does for others. And that's mm. and that awareness it, it's been quietly around and only mm. certain people have been speaking out, but it's nice to see everybody speaking out. Against mm. that. It's a good point that you bring up there in terms of um, people are finally beginning to talk about things that were incredibly difficult to talk about before. And it's, it's, we're in a very unique position in the history, I guess, in that, um, we shouldn't be afraid to talk about stuff like this. It's it's a conversation that, you know, um, for the generations before us has been difficult to talk about because they just don't, very much like how I was, I found it boring or, or draining or difficult to talk about stuff like this because even though I knew it were, they were true, I don't feel like they affected me. You know, they did, they weren't my problem. Um in my eyes, I don't see color. <laughs> you know, everybody's the same. We're all humans, blah, blah, blah. But people are finally realizing that that isn't the case. And that has never been the case for the last, what, 400 years or so? Like that, that you know, that is, that is not a thing. Yes, we are all human beings, but we're not all treated like human beings. And that's the fundamental issue that we have here, which is why people are 
uprising. This is why riots are happening. This is why people have started looking and listening and um, I guess stop ignore like they're, they're not silent anymore. And um, it gives me hope for the future. Um, if things need to, to, to fuck up, to get better, then, then that's, that's unfortunately that's, or fortunately, depending on how you look at it, that's just the way of the world. And that's what's going to happen. I mean, the, I, I don't know the huge history, I don't know the, the, the expansive history of, of America, but that's how America was built. It was built on rioting and looting and of the people who lived there before Americans did, you know, like that is, that is, that's, that's what we have here. And now, we have experts and, you know, Americans complaining about rioting and looting when they're actually forgetting about the fundamental roots of the country. Um, so, yeah, I think the going back to the to the point about um, the generations before us, the, I guess that the, the issue that we have um, with those, with them, I guess, but with the older Indians, I guess, let's talk about, um, who are effectively on the side of, you know, the Trumps and the Modis of this world um, because they don't know any better. And it's an, it's an unfortunate truth that they paint, you know, whether it's uh, a race of people or, you know, uh, a sect of people, so whether it's Muslims or, you know, black people, whatever, it's unfortunate truth that they paint these people with the same brush. Um so I don't know. Like, why do you uh, talk to me about that? Because I, I know you've you've had experience with stuff like that. Not not just with, you know, um, the older generation, but you know, do you have or have you had people these conversations with people your age? Like that's that's I think that's a, an interesting thing. Living in America um, is that you're always going to have a difference in opinion. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm curious to know. Yeah, and 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 it, that's exactly right. I, I feel like in America, once you kind of latch on to um, understanding what's going on in America and how politics work in America, that the, pol the, the divide in, in politics just takes over your as a personality. So mm -hmm. every issue that comes up, everyone is picking one side or the other. Right. And, that's, and that is by design. It's, mm -hmm. It is calculated divide and conquer. How can we, and, and by the way, I don't want to get off track, but that is the biggest, sure. the biggest thing about these protests that I love the most on top of what I said about people being awareness of, of the systematic, the systemic racism mm -hmm. is, is that there's a show of force now. Mm -hmm. um, there is a show of force to everybody who does not believe in those ideologies of equal rights. Right. Of, of, uh, there is a show of force that, hey, and usually it's the people that don't believe are the ones that are going out and showing force with their guns. Mm. Um, for example, this again going back off track a little more, but go, go, for people who were protesting um, the stay-at-home orders for COVID, right, right. they came out <laughs> with their guns um, and stood out in front of Capitol buildings and government, saying "Let us out." And now the same people, exact same people, like there's memes out there tweeting same people saying, "Oh, mind the curfews, stay at home, listen to the government." And so yeah. there is this divide, right? Everything that they do. Yeah. Even if it even if it um, it contradicts what they've done recently as three yeah. weeks ago, yeah, they'll do it. They'll just follow along to that side. Is yeah. the Democratic and the Republican? They'll just follow along. Yeah. And I try so hard not to do that, even though I agree with eighty percent of what the left is saying. I still try yeah. not to do that. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, going go, uh, not to get too off topic for but for for the generation, yeah, it's just it goes back down to how they grew up 
how they were raised and what their parents taught them to believe and not having the world at their fingertips like we do yeah not allowing them i'm sure contribute contributes to it that they're not able to do their own research would they ever do their own research i don't think that's just the way that generation is built yeah um but i'm just saying i think that definitely contributes to it it's just that they were told what they were told growing up they experienced a few things that fit that mold and then that's it and they're going to hang on to that this is the unfortunate um issue that we have with that generation is um i've tried having conversations like this before um and it hasn't gone obviously the way that we'd ex- would want it to go but the the thing that i found and understood from the thousands of posts that have been put up on instagram in the last kind of week or so is just by having this conversation it's giving the opportunity for the generations before us to at least reflect um and i think that's one of the most important bits here is even if they're not listening immediately. It's at least getting them to think about it. Um, and it's never going to be done with one conversation. And that's not something I've learned over, over time. And you, you'll know this as well. Is I, there's, you know, I've had one conversation and I'll blow up after one conversation. But that isn't, that isn't the way to go. And, and I know that. Um, but it's, it's, it's difficult when you're faced with like just a, a brick wall almost. Let's move on to, I guess, the current state of the world in um, what's been happening, we've been seeing, again, you, you can correct me if I'm wrong here, I'm not, I'm, I, I don't know, you'll, you'll know from experience, I guess, is probably the biggest uh, civil uprising we've seen in maybe the last, I don't know, how long? Like 60 years. 60 years, yeah. Uh, it, it, it's, um, it's great to see changes being happening as a result of this so anybody that says myself included i have to put my hands up and say i I never thought protesting worked but my perception of what protesting was was people walking down streets with placards doing nothing else but shouting this is this is way more than that it's it's much heavier than that it's deeper than that and it's something that i'm still uh learning about and um it's not something that i you know I, I, it's it's not something that I can um, understand in in one sitting. It's something that I have to understand over time, and I, and obviously I do now. The idea that it's making or driving people who are in positions of authority to make these changes is a huge sign. You know, we're talking about celebrities, huge actors who have millions of dollars behind them. Michael B. Jordan, um, who came out in LA and was talking about basically supporting everything that's going on. Um, John Boyega, he was, um, he came out, if you know, you saw this, uh, he was out in London on the front lines protesting as well, saying that if he didn't have a career after that, <laughs> that he didn't care because he knew that he was doing something for, for the right reasons. Agree. I mean, that's, so you mentioned like people who, um, you know, people who already supported those equal rights for everyone are speaking up more and more. I'm sure Michael B. Jordan always did, right? Um, and and that's great too. But what I've seen, and going back to the show of force, is that that's what that's where the protest has been effective. Is that people who were um, taking a stance against it came out and had to backpedal because they saw how many people are outraged. And whether they did that as a reason of being as, as genuinely real, had coming to a realization, or whether they did it because they're you know afraid of losing capital, right. whatever their reason is. Yeah. They had to recognize that there is a 
majority of the country that believes in this cause. Right. And not just the country, but the world. And so you cannot deny it. You cannot mm. go against it without at least thinking about it and then maybe changing your stance for whatever reason, exactly. whether it's genuine or not. And, and yeah. then there's three examples of that just recently. There was the NFL. Uh, the commissioner came out and said, oh, we, uh, he didn't mention Colin Kaepernick. So if you don't know the backstory, Colin Kaepernick um, started protesting police brutality after... I believe Trayvon Martin, who was a kid who was who was right. gunned down. There was a few others, Eric Garner, and so he started um, protesting by taking a knee before um, before the national anthem right. or during the national mm-hmm. anthem at football games, and so he basically was completely destroyed, you know, from 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 the right side of the world, saying that oh the, the anthem the anthem and the flag are sacred to America, um, you cannot protest protest this way. Um, he was. His contract was was finished. He he could not get on a team, even though he was in the prime of his career. Um, a Super Bowl appearance, a quarterback like he's been to the Super Bowl, yeah. um, almost won the Super Bowl, and so all of a sudden he couldn't get into the league. Um, and and so the commissioner of the NFL comes out and says basically that oh, we were wrong in how we've dealt with um, you know this kind of stuff. Still didn't mention Col- um, Colin Kaepernick mm-hmm. by name. Still didn't say hey he belongs in the NFL. Yeah. Um, yeah. But. Be- just because he understands that, guess what? All those people protesting are watching football. And I better say something yeah. or else when football season starts, when it does start, all those people are going to remember what I didn't say the last time mm. they did this. Mm. And so it's a, it's not genuine for everyone, but the show of force does allow you to push back and make some changes because mm. protesting in itself doesn't, you're right, it doesn't mm. work. How many protests have there been after each event? Each yeah. mass shooting, protest, mm. nothing. Each mm. each police brutality killing, protest, nothing. Mm. Mm. What the difference is, there's a show of force. So the show of force, I don't know what will come of it. I hope something comes of it. Concrete, we mentioned 60 years ago. In, in 60 years ago in the 60s, um, there was still segregation. They passed the mm. Civil Civil Rights Act, um, mm. which, which and, and to go back to like, for educating our older generation, like you didn't, you don't get uh, fragments of society um, you know, being isolated this way just overnight. Like this has, mm-hmm. it started with segregation, lesser mm-hmm. opportunities, um, healthcare, le- you know, it, every little in- institution within society is set up so that they're not getting the best of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're, so you're starting, you're not, they being African-Americans, but also other minorities. Mm-hmm. And so when you're standing behind the eight ball to start, and then yep. you're asking, well, why are, why, are, why are they doing this? Why are they doing this? Well, they've been yep, fighting yep. for so long. And even when they fought for the civil rights of not having segregation, you still, you had to go years later just to get the Fair Housing Act passed, right. which is to give them equal opportunity to live in neighborhoods to with other, other you know, with white people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> and exactly, you, you exactly. Need, and so what do you expect? Um, and people don't realize that. They need to understand the full history of, a, a, a certain group of people to kind of grasp what, why they are the way they are now when they're fighting for so much cause. It's, um, this is a huge privilege to be able to have this conversation. And this is exactly the kind of stuff that these people who are protesting are fighting for. Because, right, exactly. And and I think that's such a huge thing, um, you know, uh, for for people like me who have um, not even given it a second thought for most of his life seeing everything that's going on right now i i don't often have regrets and this is one of the things that i have regrets for is that not opening my eyes sooner and not like giving 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 a shit basically 
Um, I think it's such a huge thing to talk about. Um, and it's, it's so important for us to continue to have these conversations with people. Otherwise we, we're not going to see any change. Yep. So, um, yeah, that's a, that was a good conversation. I feel like, yeah. uh, we are going to do this again. We're going to talk about a lot more. Um, so I guess thank you to, to Ralph for coming on to the, to, to the podcast and, and taking the time to talk to us about, um, his experiences and what's been going on in the world today. Thank you for having me. Uh, offer my perspective. I think a lot of times I vent when no one's listening, so it's nice to have him here. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's it. I think that's what we want to. What I've been trying to do here is have this platform. It's a very much selfishly um, a place for me to learn because I don't know as much as 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 I should do. Um, but I'm glad to have people like you on here, and you know, in the past I've had. Um, you know, Tina, my sister-in-law, who's, who's a, who's a brilliant psychologist who specializes in, in stuff like this in, in trauma for, for people of color and, and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, and I'm, I'm very, very happy to, to have people like you on this, on this podcast. So happy to have you again. Uh, we will, um, speak to you again, um, once we've planned something out, but, uh, yeah, thank you again for everybody who's listened today. Um, if you've made it this long, thank you very much. Thank you again to Rahul. I've been Karan. And Rahul. <laughs> sorry, just looking down. Um, yeah, no, sorry. Thanks a lot again uh, for having me. Um, I'm looking forward to doing more of these with you. Definitely. All right, see you guys. Cool. Bye. Thank you all for listening to Being Brown. As always, you can find us on Instagram at Being Brown Podcast and on Facebook at Being Brown. You can find references to anything we've discussed in the description of the episode. And you can also listen to the previous episodes wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts.